Welcome to the Maryland Bobcast with Old Bay Brigade, hosted by Rooster and the Villain. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Maryland Bobcast. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Steenstra, avid Bobcat supporter for uh, a few years here, and I'm very happy to have on today uh, Tunde Akinlesotu. He's 26 years old, according to Transfer Market at least, uh, and you're originally from Bowie, 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 Maryland? Bowie, Maryland, yep. You know, I'm not a Maryland native, so I'm always scared to say Bowie. <laughs> yes, Bowie. Uh, all right, so Maryland just announced your signing, so so congratulations on uh, coming back to the Bobcats, as I understand it. You had a stint with, with the Bobcats in 2021? Yes, I was in their inaugural year, um, 2021. It seemed like so long ago, but yeah, um, I remember it very much so, still right now. That's kind of when I became aware. Well, I guess I started becoming aware of the Bobcats a little bit when they won UPSL. But then 2021, with that weird COVID season where there was like restrictions on fans and everything, I was kind of waiting until we could come out. So I was definitely – is that when you graduated college, like like COVID year pretty much? Yeah, 2020. So the graduation class where we just left school, we didn't have graduations, just all went home. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Senior year too, you just got to – was it, I guess soccer season, was it done at that point? Yeah, soccer season finished in the fall, and then we got sent home, I think, like February. Was your plan at that point when you – and I should tell the listeners, too, you uh, you went to George Mason and played yeah. college soccer at George Mason. Um, but were you planning at the end of senior year to look for a professional job inside, you know, playing professional soccer? Is that the plan? Uh, no, I was looking always to go professional um, soccer. Um, that winter, I went to a Toronto combine for the draft. Um, didn't end up getting drafted, but after that, I just wanted to start playing as soon as possible. So I was actually at Richmond during almost all of COVID, and then ended up signing with Tormenta. That's right. Yeah. So you have that's kind of that start of that Tormenta Bobcats pipeline. I didn't. I didn't realize it went. You know, both ways. I, I, I'm used to seeing Bobcats players going down there, but yeah. So. It is nice that you got picked up, like, because I'm curious how much of it changed from 2019 to 2020 when COVID just like erupted. Like, how disruptive was it for seniors that year to try to find find a uh, a place? And how did you end up doing it? Um, yeah, it was very hard. Um, I'm luckily um, able to say I had an agent. Um, his name is Dan Tavares. Um, he actually helped me get into Richmond. I think a week after they started, or something like that, and just was training with them. Then COVID happened and we fully got shut down. And then I ended up going back there, but did not sign, ended up going to Tormenta. But um, the process was pretty hard though. He said that it was just difficult to get anyone anywhere. And it just happened to work out with Tormenta after the summer. So that was, was that their first year in league one Tormenta? Uh, Maybe second. I'm not sure. First or second. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, what was your experience with, with League One since, uh, you know, it's a very popular league and seems yeah. to be growing by, by the day or, uh, you know, getting more organized and structured. So I'm always curious to hear from stories of, of, yeah. from players that have played there. Um, let's say 2020, it was not what it is today, but 2020 was still a competitive level. Um, I'd say some of the best teams I played – in 2020, it was probably Richmond, maybe at the time. Um, 
can't remember too much of the outside, but inside I remember just like it was competitive. There's a lot of players still trying to prove a lot um, and just trying to get to the next level. So internally it was pretty competitive. And then compared to like 2022, where I would say now two years after playing the first time in League One, I was a lot more comfortable and the game seemed to be different on the outside. Like on the outside, it wasn't as competitive as I thought it was the first time. Right, right. I mean, I feel like, yeah, you have to get used to that level before you can play up it, up yeah. to it and then, and then above it, so to speak, you know? Exactly. Um, so you were, so you came, after a year in Tormenta, then you came back to the Bobcats, or you came yeah. to the Bobcats. Yeah. And how, how did that, uh, you know, how did you find out about the club? And then what was that experience like getting signed by the Bobcats at that point? Um, I've known my agent, Dan, and the owners of Bobcats were in contact and, they just reached out. Um, we just started talking, and I was excited to join the project. Um, I also knew Jay, who's the own, our owner um, from when I was younger. Um, so we had a relationship building. I wanted to join. It was a new club. I used to play in Maryland. I'm from Maryland. I used to play state cup games at the soccer plex. So there was just a whole story behind it and reasons for my heart to go there. But I get there, and it wasn't what I was – I would say expecting. So it kind of like went from dream to nightmare really quick, but ended up playing in the end and one year down, then I left to Fuego. Yeah. So you went back into USL league one and Fuego is California. Fresno. Fresno. Okay. And then, so what'd you spend a a season there? And then you made kind of a a wild switch to uh, six tier Bundesliga LSK Hansa. I'm so fascinated by this experience. Like tell me how that that came about and, you know, all about the culture there. And yeah. 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 Um, So after Fuego, I just really wanted to go play overseas. I was like, okay, I've done league one twice, done Nisa, um, the jump to championship seemed pretty difficult. So I was like, okay, I have friends in Germany. I have a way to get to a team. Let's go to Germany. So come January, uh, like seventh or so, went to Germany. Uh, my friend was on BSV Raiden at the time, went to his club. His coach let me train there for two weeks, trained there with them, ended up not signing there with them. But it was a learning experience. I was in Germany at that point, I think, for three weeks. And the culture, I could already tell it was different. They lived soccer. They talked about it all day. If they weren't, uh, maybe not to a fault, but it was just more so everything was soccer. And all the players, you could just tell their moods and everything were dictated by it. And the cities and everything, they all knew more about the club than some of the players that were coming to the club. Um, And then I ended up, getting another opportunity with LSK Hansa and it was a good, it was a good experience. Um, I was hurt, so I didn't really play much, but I would say it was just good to get in that environment and see the different culture in Germany. What was the uh, injury you picked up and how quickly uh, into being there? Did you pick it up? I actually had it at Fuego. I had, I was playing through it the whole season. Uh, it's a groin. So I still have it now. It's not fully gone away, but I had it at Fuego, took it to Germany, and uh, yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. So were you practicing with that injury for, for a yeah, bit? Yeah, like one, I would train maybe one day a week at times, two days a week. It was, at times it was pretty bad, it was pretty bad. But yeah, I just, I, mean, I can't imagine too, you gotta, I would be homesick if I was in uh, in Germany uh, and, and yeah, left, yeah. left, what, 
my comfort zone. And uh, and all of a sudden, I'd have to imagine, like, what's it like having a coach speak to you in German? Or, or do they have coaches there that are pretty good at English, like, even in, at that level? Some of them were pretty good in English. But I remember there was one training where it was only – I was the first day of training, and the drill was – the coach was calling out colors, and we had to react. And Boy, yeah. I, I didn't know any colors, so I was just running to any color. Eventually, I got it. Like, yellow was Gabe. And that was the one that I did not get, but Gabe was yellow. Yeah. I mean, you see what these players that are just moving internationally from country to country have to go yeah, to. Have to go to. You can imagine that. Yeah. Flustered just with language alone. Yeah, exactly. And we don't have that much time to like fully prepare a language before you get, you don't know where you're going next sometimes. So it is really difficult at the highest level moving that quick. Yeah, I can imagine. So what spurred the, uh, so now you're back to the Bobcats you yep. know, earlier. Welcome back. Uh, what spurred that move? And then can you tell Bobcats fans what they can expect from your game? What spurred the move? Uh, to be honest, Coach Alex. Coach Alex. I have trust in him. Um, I've known him since we were younger. He was playing around the area. I was playing around the area. So I've known him for like 17 till now, um, growing up. And I just trust him. I always saw that he was a good leader, and I think he's a good coach. I've only been with him for six, seven months now, but I do trust where he's going to take the Bobcats and what he's already done. So that was my main decision. And they can just expect um, me to be a leader, um, to bring in excitement, to bring in hopefully fans, to help pack the stadium, to help get into the youth, to help bring the community just – now being back the second time, I see that I can do a lot more within the team than just be a player because we are players, but in the, at the end of the day, we affect way more than that. Yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah, this small club, there's plenty of jobs that you can fit into. And I've been loving – I don't know who's doing the graphics cards, but those look pretty awesome so far. So whoever's doing those. Exactly. Uh, Duke, he's a center mid. Uh, I think you – do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, no, I remember Duke pretty well. Yeah. like he got hurt midway through the season last year. Yeah. He's kind of a beast in that that uh, central defensive midfield area. Yep. He's good. Yeah, he's the one running those. Shout out to Duke, man. I told him they were really nice. They're really nice. Yeah, those are very clean, and uh, yeah, it's always exciting for for fans. Um, yeah, to see that kind of stuff, graphics improving, and all that stuff. Exactly, exactly. That's that's part of the the trend that Alex is trying to get us all on. Just being more user-friendly for people, our fans, for engagement. and Because people do like things that look nice, like we all do. So it, it yeah. helps. The, more, the better it looks. Nice. So on the, on the field specifically, like what things do you do really well to help, help a club? Dribbling is probably going to be my best asset on the field. Like I think that'll be where people are like, okay, I remember he did this or did this. And dribbling, passing, creating – anything on the creative side and then on defense it's just the work I think that's that's what you're gonna get if we're on defense and I'm around the ball or even if we just lose the ball straight to the ball straight back to our positions it's just no talking just get to work get the ball back and then we start again yeah well uh looking forward to definitely seeing the, the link up play I think you'll be on the right side so you'll be far away from the, the old bay gauge drums and all that stuff yeah. but You'll probably be able to hear him. I think Alex is a he's a loud guy, so <laughs> yeah, he gets his point across. Yeah, yeah, megaphones and all. Yeah. All right. So I do want to also talk since you're from this area 
a little bit about your youth club experience just to you know i grew up in new jersey and i'm always kind of curious to hear about what the youth setups are like in in different areas and we get a lot of listeners from this area so i was just kind of curious like of your youth club experience and, and what that was like uh, i actually talked about it this morning with our goalkeeper jake um bitter i would say it's bittersweet for me uh baltimore celtic is that what i, I saw that somewhere yeah, baltimore and, played and, Christos baltimore. and somewhere else in league two um league two it was the same team same just different name yeah um and i played baltimore bays up until a certain age then we changed to celtic and then i went to bethesda and then i went to college Gotcha. And you played at McDonough too as well, right? Yeah, yeah. That was okay. my high school team. Gotcha. What's yeah. the club experience like in like Maryland? Are you, how like is that a top tier club in this area? It was. It was. When we were at our peak, we were probably one of the best, if not the best, from like a three to four year stretch. Um so when I was at Bays, we had a older teams that were like we had academy and we had pre academy. We were the younger, like 13, 14 year old and when I remember back then, we were the best. From 13 to, like, 18, we were just winning, like, all across the board. Um, I remember the team above us didn't lose a game in two years. We lost, like, two games in two years. And our academy teams were going to the Final Four of the showcases every year. So That's so nice. That's a lot of winning. Yeah, it was. we were all so used to it. I take it for granted, but winning was almost second nature. We'd step on the field and win. So it was yeah. almost something I just took for granted, but... I think over here it was very competitive. Even when we played, we played DC a lot for scrimmages and we would just have intense battles every game. Every game it could go either way. Either team could win. Arlington was always good, but Bethesda, and these are all like local. So any tournament we went to that was local, we would get a good contest with local teams. Hmm. Was there kind of a, you know, like the kids that are in the DC United Academy, yeah. they, like, do they think they're, you know, better than, than everybody, so to speak, or? Um, I mean, I think the, like, the image and branding around it makes it, like, wrapped up to be, but. Okay. Yeah, when I was growing up, I didn't get that feel from the players, if they did feel that way. I don't think they showed it in that cockiness or arrogance, even if around them, the aura was like that, I think. I'm still friends with quite a few of them who I used to play with on DC and I did, don't get that aura, but I mean, you yeah, do- I mean, that's probably an unfair, you know, uh, generalization for, for me yeah. to just say, but yeah. I just remember certain clubs in New Jersey had like reputations and I feel like yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes no, I, that manifested in the team. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That was, that was kind of like us. We were kind of the cocky kids because we were the ones that were always together. We were the ones that were winning. And even if, outwardly we weren't like that in personality and everything but when it comes to soccer it's almost like if you're not confident then you're not really confident in what you put in and we just had a confidence that I think at times could have crossed the line yeah I mean yeah confidence is everything in uh in sports I think that's probably the difference between normal players like myself and then what you see at the professional level with with what you're dealing with yeah yeah it's huge um yeah, so what are your uh what are your big goals for this year and then we'll we'll get you out of here. We'll we'll do a nice tight 15 20 minutes. Okay. Uh goals for this year is to win the whole thing. That's as a team. I think we're too talented and too I think just put together from coaching staff to 
um, last person on the roster to not win. Um, that's the expectation that I have going in and uh, individually just for everyone to get something out of the season, including myself, whether it be increased um, ability in play, increased, um, I guess, leadership, just small things that we could all take into our lives on and off the field. On the field, yeah, the accolades will come. If we're doing well, goals, assists will come. But I want us to come away from the season saying that Maryland showed out for us. We showed out for Maryland. Maryland supported us and just had like a relationship with our fans. That's the main thing that I would say besides winning is the thing that I want to come out with is there was a connection. Like every time you see a game of us, you would see that our fans were into it just as much as we were. So I would hope that would be something that came out of the season and then winning the championship. Yeah. Have you been to a Bobcats game since you were here in 2021? Uh, yeah, I went to a couple last season and it was, I think I went to maybe two games that I could say that the fans were into it and affected the game. Other than that, I mean, I, I would feel like we were not even a home team at some of our games. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, attendance last year, we had some pretty big nights. Like there's some nice summer nights there on a Saturday where you're definitely well over a thousand, which is pretty fun. My yeah. daughter, she's five years old. She she loves the games. I feel like for little kids, if you just bring them out, it's just a, it's a cheap way to like go see professional soccer. So yeah, yeah. anybody out there that's listening, definitely definitely come out. Yeah, hey, I hope to see you there this season. We get a lot of more fans because we have a lot. We have a lot of a fan base. We just got to get them out. Yeah, I'll definitely be there, and uh, and Abby too. She's all over. Uh, she's all over it. She likes. Maybe she likes the cookie stand a little more than the soccer and that like hill that she can run up and down. But yeah. I get to drink a beer and watch soccer. So I'm, I'm hey, pretty happy about it. It's a good Saturday. We'll have to have that cookie stand though. <laughs> yeah, sounds now good. Now that we know, the cookie stand draws the kids. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or the chips. Steesburger brings uh, some chips out, which I know I'm, I'm not promoting unhealthy eating, but what, I got a pot of it. I mean, yeah, just enjoy. Yeah. All right, Tunde, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll catch up at some point during the season yeah. if, uh, if you're interested. Yeah, of course. Of course, I'll definitely be back if you would have me. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day. You too.